chapters forty one and forty two of the long long trail by max brand this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter forty one at the top she turned for a last look at the slide and pausing an instant at the crest she saw a tiny dark figure slip over the edge and go downward with bullet-like speed her heart rose was it joe norman had he taken courage by her example the moment the thought came into her brain she knew that it was impossible after all it was not in joe's nature to rise to great emergencies he had done his utmost in guiding her so far through the night on that dangerous course and now he would turn back with the adventure half accomplished in all his life he would never rise to a greater thing than that it was sheriff caswell who had taken the slide now his horse was a dim streak crossing the floor of the gulch sheriff caswell he was one of those bulldog men who make great risks seem small and who turn the impossible into the commonplace she turned gray tom straight ahead and began to ride like mad strangely enough the fear for jess drear had grown small in her mind the one thing which she most dreaded was the man who relentlessly followed on her trail and to get clear of him she rode the stallion without care without caution she flung him at heartbreaking slopes she rushed him down precipitous hillsides but always looking back from crest to crest she could see the dark figure following but growing smaller to be sure then at length the pursuer had disappeared for the first time in several miles she thought of gray tom and the moment she looked to him she saw that he was in a serious condition his breath came with alarming harshness his neck and shoulders were lathered and he staggered under the burden of his rider yet he kept gallantly to his work up the slope and when she reined him he came up on the bit and fought her to get ahead only a moment of this then his hindquarters sank he stopped she thought for an instant that he had stepped in a hole until the great shuddering of his body told her what had happened then she sprang from the saddle but it was far too late gray tom had crumpled helplessly to the earth she caught his head in her arms and as if he thought that this was a signal for him to stand up he pricked his ears tossed his head and lurched forward it was the last effort and it broke his heart when he struck the ground again he was dead beside him the girl kneeled and seeing his eyes dim in the moonlight she closed the lids as though he had been a man and truly gray tom had died a man's death she was helpless now but in spite of her helplessness a great assurance was filling her mind one death had been paid for jess drear and surely there must be some reward for that great effort in her first frenzy she even dreamed that she might complete the journey in time on foot and she ran stumbling to the next hilltop there she paused with a cry of joy for in the low wide valley below her she saw the dark huddled outlines of a ranch house and its outlying buildings back to the body of gray tom again running now as she had never run before she untied the girths and after a fierce struggle was able to draw them through under the body of the horse then drawing the stirrups over her shoulders and pulling the saddle high on her back she began climbing again at a shuffling run a thirty-five pound saddle is the clumsiest burden ever invented even a man would have groaned under it before the walk was over but mary valentine was staggering with exhaustion before she reached the door of the house 
in answer to her knock and her shouting footsteps at length ran toward her from within and the door opened on a man in his shirt a lantern in his hand his feet not yet worked down in his boots he was one of those black-haired fellows whose beards grow up to their eyes another time she would have been terrified by that face now she minded it no more than if he had been a painted thing she told him swiftly briefly how her horse had dropped she must have another she had money to pay any price he asked but speed was the thing she needed the man was maddeningly slow sellin a hoss by night he declared is like marryin a girl his face ye ain't never seen don't you see she cried that i don't care if i'm cheated but i want the best thing on four legs that you can give me the best thing i got comes high lady i wouldn't take a penny under three hundred for my jerry and i wouldn't be hungry to sell him at that she assured him that she would add another hundred to the price if he would throw the saddle on the horse quickly and let her be off and with this assurance the rancher came to life five minutes later he came out of the corral with a long low-built brown horse with mary's saddle on its back she thrust the money into his hand and without waiting for him to count it she was off again at full speed her new mount had not the reach of grey tom had not the same elastic spring in his gait but before she had gone up the first slope she was delighted with her purchase jerry was raised among these hills and trained to the work in them he seemed to have eyes in his feet and he wove among the shrubbery and trees and over the loose rocks with hardly ever a pause or a stumble the hill ended in a broad plateau the first level going in many a mile and she leaned over and gave jerry his head he did surprisingly well in spite of his short legs and with every jump the heart of mary rose it was not dawn yet there was not even a glimmer of light in the east surely windville could not be so far away at the edge of the broad clearing she heard a neigh behind her which jerry answered as he ran and looking back she saw again the same stalwart figure pursuing her the same sidewise seat in the saddle sheriff caswell it was easy to tell what had happened he had come upon gray tom he had followed down into the valley and arrived at the house of the rancher on her very heels there he had changed his horse for one of the farmers and now he was measuring strides with her again but on an equal basis as fresh as the jerry that stretched out under her during the next half mile she made a trail of speed but her follower kept the pace and even gained it told mary valentine more plainly than words that she must do something more than stretch the legs of her horse if she wished to shake off this bulldog of the trail and she made up her mind with the cold quickness of a desperate man she swung jerry from the trail on which he was running at that moment and pulling him into a thicket of brush she drew from its case the light rifle which she always carried when she rode with the butt snuggled against the hollow of her shoulder and her left hand at the balance she waited hearing the sheriff come crashing after her she wondered as she sat the saddle in the patch of heavy shadow at the steadiness of her nerves there was not a quiver of fingers or arms now the head of the sheriff's horse shot snake-like from among the trees and a second later the whole group was in view she snapped the muzzle of her rifle up steadied it caught her bead and let the rifle swing easily following the speed of the moving horse when she fired the animal sprang straight up straight down with a lurch and stagger and then sank to the earth the sheriff was already clear of the stirrups 
she saw him run a step or two toward her his revolver in hand but then he paused abruptly she had twitched jerry round and sent him flying up the trail again no enemy behind her now since the sheriff was out of the way her mind fell back on the great duel in which she was engaged she had a horse under her fresh strong willing she had against her the inevitable rising of the sun and the rough tract of hills and valley one stumble might ruin her chances in the race yet she dared not ride with caution a gathering chill in the air a depression of mind a general relaxation of nerve force and an aching pair of eyes warned her that the dawn was coming looking up from a hollow there was only the blackness of the forest above her but topping a rise of ground she saw that the trees on the rolling horizon were jagged as teeth reaching up they were outlined by a light from behind it was dawn it brought her heart up behind her teeth knocking into her mind surged pictures of jess drear by the fire in her home of jess at her window and of the outlaw behind the bars in the salt springs jail nonchalant in spite of his manacles smiling his assurance at her it came to her that he had never spoken to her of such things as now went hot and thick through her blood he had remained aloof yet she had read in his mind the unspoken things she had raised jerry to a murderous pace would he stand it the stout mustang ran with his head well down like a cattle horse running a dodging cow for a horse cannot dodge well when his head is high in the air he spread out along the ground as he gathered speed but never once did he miss footing once a rotted log crushed under his heels once a pebble rolled and staggered him but not once was jerry at fault toiling up the steep slopes or zigzagging heavily down the precipitous mountain sides he never once flinched from the labour she could have blessed that honest brute heart and she began with the light to aid her to help him with all her power of hand and eye she kept well forward in the saddle to throw the weight an inch or so more toward jerry's withers keeping as near as possible to the direction which joe norman had plotted for her she yet was able to cut off vital angles here and there and often swerved from the straight line to give jerry the advantage of better ground for running and still the light increased with terrible rapidity she topped a rise of ground to the right a point of flame startled her like a rising forest fire but when she looked again she saw a regular semicircle of red and still nothing but ragged ranges ahead of her when would they split apart and reveal windville and from windville how far to the lonely cabin in a sudden burst of grief she clasped her hands against her breast and the tears broke from her eyes chapter forty two from the broken door of the ruinous shack gus norman looked up to the hills behind them his men were gathering drifting slowly toward the hollow between the hills and the double-eared peak which rose like a mule's head it was a black mountain now with the rising light of the day behind it the sun was well up in a few minutes now he could ride to that hollow and find his men waiting all the proven twenty who had started on the ride now that he was in the place he was more satisfied with it than ever the shack lay in a roughly cut bowl with a rim of higher ground all around that would give perfect protection to his riflemen in point-blank range of their target even if drear sought protection in the hut 
having avoided the first volley he would be a lost man through those rotten walls a rifle bullet would range from side to side they could honeycomb the shack in five minutes of concentrated fire half of them aiming breast high and half shooting at the level of the floor in case he tried to lie down no wonder then that gus was smiling when he turned back into the hut drear had kindled a fire and was warming his hands over it he kept his face religiously toward gus norman early in the night gus norman had noted this indeed he had had flashes of hope that events would turn out so that he could take this celebrity single-handed and gain the glory all for himself one moment of carelessness and his gun would flash and speak but that moment never came if drear had to turn his head it was only for the split part of a second before he had his eyes on the other once more and gus norman began to respect his companion as much as he hated him just as a dog say might respect a wolf the time's almost here he said turning from the hills the boys will be waiting for me up yonder pretty soon rainier answered drear the thing i don't understand is why you didn't have a meet here in the cabin because i don't like to have a meet until i'm with them each one of them boys drear knows that he's to ride to the hollow yonder and that he's going to meet me there but about three of em don't know the others in the crowd that's my system i play a lone hand i let in the other boys one by one on part of the game but i keep everything dark except just the part each one is going to play not a bad idea i suppose hank is one of the new men yep he's new right enough and raw rainier i'm surprised that you use a boy like that i'll tell you what drear i was a fool to send him to you with that letter i might have knowed that he'd try to talk too much or something like that but he'd been on my hands for a long time without doing nothing he wanted to earn his salt so i told him to go along and fetch that letter to you he told me it was that way but he looked like a rat at a trap couldn't meet my eye you scared him drear same as you scare most of em tell you what when i told a couple of the boys that i was aiming to get you in on my next job they acted like a cyclone had hit em acted as though you ate men alive and why the devil do you want me rainier because you're a good man to have drear you can keep a cool head we'll strike up a partnership before we're through not in a thousand years i've told you that before i'm in on this one job and the only reason i'm in on it is because my pal dan carroll has begged me to go through for him after this i'm out wait till you count the easy money drear i've heard others talk like you until we've got the can opened and the stuff in our pockets then they change he turned towards the door again i wonder if it ain't time to go now you seem sort of anxious to see them boys remarked the outlaw suspiciously fact is replied gus norman that they's a couple of em i ain't laid eyes on for a long time i'm kind of homesick for em he went to the wall and took down a saddle from the peg well i'm off drear back inside of half an hour take your time but what's that a heavy matting of grass covered most of the valley muffling the sound of all who approached but near the cabin there was a gravel coating to the ground on this gravel now came the loud clatter of a galloping horse and rushed on the cabin both men faced the door but neither of them had time to reach it when a foaming horse lunged into view and from the saddle leaped a slender youth who staggered when his feet struck the ground he recovered himself turned towards the cabin and drear saw the face of mary valentine 
oh jess she cried hysterically i'm in time but watch him there had been one convulsive movement on the part of gus norman but now he apparently saw that it would be impossible for him to reach his horse and escape he stood with a sullen face in the corner what's the matter rainier rainier said the girl she entered the cabin and stood with her feet braced her legs trembling with weariness he's no more rainier than i am rainier is a mere robber that man is a sneaking murderer jess that's gus norman my my said jess drear softly but his face was black i've been thinking you was a little wrong gus norman but i never come within miles of guessin not within miles you got me two to one said gus norman fixing his eyes on the girl you got me cornered i'll talk turkey not two to one said jess drear not by no means one of us is a girl gus norman i'll send her out of the cabin and you and me can finish up with a little chat man to man eh? norman's mouth worked convulsively behind his beard for one instant his wolfish face grew so savage that it seemed he was about to draw but he controlled himself no use he said doggedly i won't fight you drear i ain't a trained man-killer and you know it nope i ain't got you yet but you ain't got me i'll tell you why the minute there's a gun fired drear them hills will come alive there'll be twenty men come hoppin for this cabin you're a hard man drear but do you think you could get twenty fightin men he leered at him as he spoke no son we split fifty-fifty you can go out with me and i'll call the boys off that's square except that you lie broke in mary valentine don't you see it in his little animal eyes jess the truth is that his gang of normans and sheriff claney are all cashed up yonder between the ears of that mountain they're waiting until they get the signal that you're here and they aren't expected to be there waiting until an hour after sunrise that was the plan jess drear watched norman silently and under that stare the older man backed up slowly until his shoulders struck the wall just step out to my saddle and get me the coil of rope you'll find on it will you mary she obeyed and a minute later norman was trussed beyond hope of movement i'd ought to kill you norman said jess but i leave butcherin for the slaughterhouses he turned to the girl at last until now he had given her not a word of welcome but now as his glance went slowly leisurely over her words became too light for use her hair had fallen loose under the brim of her hat from one white arm the sleeve had been torn and now she was shrinking into the shadow as if ashamed of her man's dress mary he said at last what have you done for me it was the shortcut that brought me here i thought it was too late when i got the news but now i'm here jess and you're safe i've been thinking on the way i've been seeing you dead you see you see more of a ghost than real right now he raised his hand to stop her growing thoughtful and his lean face puckered until one might have thought that he was becoming angry you rode through the mountains from the ranch you did it at night there was the moon and almost as bright as day jess he shook his head i didn't know there was any women like you mary i didn't know there was even any men but stay away jess stay away i'm afraid of you don't come stalking at me like that i was going to shake hands said jess drear to show the world in general and mostly to show you that jess drear has a pal at last and heavens girl but i've led a lonesome life a smile began to tremble on her lips surely she had never been so lovely as she was now in the shadow in those ragged clothes but the hand which she extended toward him was arrested half-way 
jess she screamed looking past him caswell he whirled as the first word left her lips whirled toward caswell who stood gun in hand at the door and the marvel of it was that he was able to get his gun from the holster and fire before caswell could send home his shot he fired and the sheriff wavered as though he had been struck with a fist then his own gun spoke and there was a clangor of steel the revolver flew out of the hand of jess drear struck the wall and dropped with a clatter on the floor while jess drear stood staring stupidly down at his disarmed hand mary with a wail of terror caught out her own weapon but the slow voice of drear stopped her put away that gun mary you see caswell ain't like that thing in the corner he's a man and he won't fight a woman so just put up your gun i reckon this little play is all over End of chapters 41 and 42